I do encourage people to speak out because I know how hard it was. I know that like how important it is to be heard because I didn't really have that opportunity. It was when I was in high school and it's really traumatic to go through in the first place. It shouldn't hurt to be a child. Welcome to the podcast named for that simple fact. I'm Karen Newman. In this episode, we introduce you to Hannah. She was among the one in 10 kids who are abused before they turn 18. Hannah went to high school in an affluent Michigan suburb filled with subdivisions and lakes. But sexual abuse can and does happen anywhere and everywhere. When she was 16, a high school junior, she survived a sexual assault. The perpetrator was a boy she knew. Hannah says high school was an especially hard time in her life to suffer abuse. Because like everybody found out and high schoolers are ruthless, you know what I mean? And a lot of them find something like that very entertaining. It was super weird because people started talking. They found out they would just make up their own stories. And like I had people like coming up to me telling me when my court date was. It was ridiculous and just, it was kind of, I think it got in the way of me healing a little faster because I would just go to school every day and get just kind of harassed about the situation. And I already was like dealing with it and processing it on my own, like outside of school. And I would just come back to school and have to deal with it. It's like I couldn't escape it. I would go on the bus and just, I felt like I was going to like war or something like I would just get super nervous when I was on my way to school because I kind of knew what was going to happen and there was a lot of triggers at school too a lot of the times I'd have to leave school I couldn't even stay like a full day or I'd have to just be in the office for like an hour just suffering from like a panic attack or something like that there were a few triggers because the person who assaulted me they used to go to my school but they had all their friends there So I had a lot of, I guess, people spreading rumors. I would hear about it. You know, someone would say this and then someone would tell me people writing stuff about me on whiteboards and like other classes that like I wasn't even in and like people taking pictures of it and showing me. It was constantly on my mind, obviously, but I would go to school and people would be asking me about it, like in front of everybody. Like it was a vulnerable thing. And very violating I felt like and it wasn't like are you okay like I heard what happened I just want to know you're okay they're like what happened like tell me all the details like it was just entertaining to them they definitely didn't care about me as a person you know what I mean like at first my brain and my body it definitely processed everything you know it was really traumatizing so there was a point where I'd have a lot of flashbacks One time, like, I relived the whole moment. Like, I felt it physically and mentally. Um, That was really scary. But then at a point, some bits and pieces are just kind of blurry to me. I think my brain kind of just blocked the event out. I can remember certain things about it and, like, what happened before and after. But the event itself, it's a little, it's a little blurry. I just remember how difficult it was. Um, after, because I feel like, you know, obviously after something like that happens, you go through a few phases, like, you know, it's like denial and then you kind of accept it and like grief, you know? So I remember going through all those phases. The Child Advocacy Center closest to where she lives, Care House of Oakland County, helped diagnose her PTSD. 
Hannah says the attention and support she received from professionals there went a long way. I had to do a few interviews because I kind of, I was really scared to speak out and I didn't even really want to tell. I I planned on not telling my parents. I only wanted to tell a few friends because I was scared if I told a lot of people or I like went to the police about it, it would make it more part of my life than it already is. I knew I'd be dealing with this the rest of my life. Like I wouldn't be able to forget about it, but I didn't want to make it a big deal. I just kind of like wanted to pretend like it didn't happen and just move on. But I confided in a friend of mine and they ended up telling a teacher and teachers are mandated reporters. So they have no choice but to go to someone if they hear something like that. So they told someone and they contacted the police And I ended up telling um, my mom and my dad, and they took me to the doctor to get um, STD tested. And while I was at the doctor, my mom gets a call from the school, and they're like, is Hannah in school today? My mom's like, no, she's at the doctor. Like, what's wrong? And then they called the detective and, like, police to the school to, like, interview me. So I had to go to the um, police station. That's when I gave my statement. And that's when she gave me the resources to come to Care House. And I kind of was not interested in coming to Care House because a year before that, I got diagnosed with general anxiety disorder and ADHD. So I had a few therapists like before Care House and it didn't really do anything for me. I didn't get what I needed out of those sessions. So I just was not interested in any therapy, but I came to Care House and they really knew what they were doing. I liked that they were specifically trained to help people with the problem I was facing. And they're the ones who like told me I had PTSD, but they didn't just tell me I had that going on. They knew how to help me cope with it. And, you know, that it's not my fault. I was a little, it was a little discouraging at first hearing that I had it. But then I thought about it and it was more of like a relief. Like, it's not just me. That's the problem. It's like something happened to me and it's not my fault. And now I I know how to deal with it. I mean, they were really just understanding. And like I said, they knew what they were doing. I wouldn't really get any feedback from my previous therapist. They wouldn't really give me any feedback or any tips on how to deal with ADHD or anxiety. But like Carehouse, they taught me a lot of methods to not only like cope with PTSD itself, but know when triggers are coming and how to prevent a whole anxiety attack because I would deal with those like often. So just those resources really helped me. And also they had me go to group therapy here. It was like a teen survivor group. That was really cool because I had a lot of people telling me how to feel. You know what I mean? And you never really know what being sexually assaulted is like until it really happens to you you know I'm like oh you know people who get raped like that's crazy that sucks but I didn't realize how traumatic it is like not just when it happens but you know the aftermath it's crazy and people just didn't really get like why I was sad and anxious like it's PTSD like it's it's crazy they didn't know what that was like and I didn't have people to relate to. So when I met a bunch of girls my age who have gone through that, it was nice to hear that I can be understood. Now 19 and a college student, Hannah is volunteering at Care House. She's trying to help kids like her 
make sure that abuse doesn't define their lives. And she has some advice for them. When I walked in the door, I was the one getting therapy. And it's good to see that I'm on the other side helping kids who have been in that situation. I think it's important for them to know that they're not the only ones. I think it's important for them to not let anybody tell them how to feel because, again, it's their experience and it kind of affects everybody differently. There's no due date on healing. I think everybody takes their own time. I know that it took me a certain amount of time and I would get really frustrated when people like, like, you're still not over this. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry about it. Just take your time with healing and definitely advocate for yourself. Like, what do you need to be comfortable? And I think it's important to have boundaries. I think when you deal with something like that and you get into a relationship, I think it's very important to establish that respect and understanding and boundaries to just, you know, prevent any triggers or anything like that. Hannah isn't just helping others focus on their futures. She's also focused on hers. I do want to specialize in helping people who have a similar situation in mine, um, children and women. You know, I think that I can take a lot of good out of this experience and kind of have a better understanding on how sexual assault, you know, affects people and how to really help them. I think most importantly, I would like them to know that it happens a lot more than you think it would and that they're not alone. And I do encourage um, people to speak out because I know how hard it was. I know that like how important it is to be heard because I didn't really have that opportunity. As we've learned from Hannah, only through conversation can we begin to address the problem of abuse and help our kids. Hannah's story may leave you with questions. Child advocacy centers or CACs around the country have those answers. There's one in your community, like there was for Hannah. For most, they don't find out about their local CAC until they need to, but they are open and available for anyone who wants to be educated, help a child, or needs help themselves. It shouldn't hurt to be a child. Made possible by the generous support of Cheryl Houck. For more information on CareHouse of Oakland County and its programs, visit carehouse.org. To find a child advocacy center near you, visit nationalcac.org. I'm Karen Newman. Thanks for listening.